Hi, before we dive into today's episode, I want to personally invite you to my free live masterclass, the free mindset shifts you can make to work on your dream life in 2020 and beyond. It's the first time that I'm putting on a masterclass like this. As you know, I've been coaching people and working with organizations for nearly 30 years. And for 20 of those years, I've been running my own business. So having worked now with thousands of people, as you can imagine, I have a lot of things to share about what gets in the way of people really having the life that they want. And I know that you want to figure out how to remove the barriers that come up for you as you go for your goals. So I want to really support you in being successful and meeting your 23 goals. And more importantly, in having the life that you want and that you dream of. As you know, I talk about living life by design and not default. So I wanted to put something on that's going to support you with how do you do that? How do you live your life by design and not default? So I'm going to give you some of my best kind of material around mindset shifts. So let me tell you some of the things we're going to cover. I'm going to cover the thought habits you have that literally has the power to stop you from chasing the dreams that you want. I'm going to talk about how you can create the mindset shift that you need so that you can grow in confidence and be inspired in pursuing your goals. And and what are the things that can free us from when we feel stuck or when we feel frustrated or when we feel dissatisfied. And really so that you can come away with having a much clearer strategy on your 2020 goals. I'm also going to share with you some of the key approach or formula that I use with my clients and on my own life that I've used time and time and time again. So you do not want to miss this masterclass. I'm going to deliver a couple of this year in the beginning and then maybe at the end of the year. So you don't want to miss it. So go to shirleymcalpine.com forward slash masterclass. That's shirleymcalpine.com forward slash masterclass to grab your free spot. As I said, you're going to love this training. It's going to give you value. You're going to get some powerful insights and it's going to really kickstart your 2020. It's going to be worth every bit of your time. So shirleymcalpine.com forward slash masterclass. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be a driver in their own life through the life and stories of black women with drive. And I'm your host, Shirley McAlpine. I'm a business consultant, an executive coach, and a leadership facilitator working with people and organizations to live their lives by design and not default. Welcome back to another episode of She's Got Drive. Welcome back. And this is the part two to the Patrice Washington episode is a great episode. You're going to love this part two as much as I'm sure that you loved part one. I got some lovely feedback. Now, Patrice, if you remember, she's known online as the Wisdom and Wealth Money Maven, and she's the founder and CEO of Seek Wisdom Find Wealth, which is a personal finance training development firm focused on moving you from debt management to money mastery. She's the number one, she's the number one best-selling author, Real Money Answers, and a captivating speaker. She's been the personal finance expert in the Steve Harvey Show radio and television show since 2014, and as well as appeared in dozens of different publications from Essence as well. She's been on Dr. Oz, she's been in Cosmopolitan, she's been in the New York Post. So she's touched millions of people. I know that you were inspired by her in the first part of her interview. And I am certain that you'll really appreciate what we talk about 
in this week's episode two. So I give you Patrice Washington. How do you, as a working mum, you know, balance that as a, you know, and then the, and recognizing the kind of, I always get challenged with the kind of, what's the role modeling that I'm doing for my children as well? Yeah. Because you know? they do, they will see what you're doing versus not just what you're saying. It's so funny that you bring that up because just yesterday was one of those days for me where my daughter ended up having all this last minute stuff she didn't tell me about that we had all weekend to talk about. And so the morning became hers. So in those times, first of all, I've learned to show myself grace because I used to be very rigid about my schedule. And it says on the clock that I need to be doing this. And that's all I want to do at that time. So I've become a bit more flexible and not as rigid because it's also a great honor to be a mother. But my daughter's a miracle. You know, she wasn't even supposed to be here. When I got to the hospital after falling down the stairs and going into preterm labor at uh, 20 weeks, they were like, baby's coming any minute, you know? And so to hang on in the hospital for 10 weeks and then she'd be born at 30 weeks, three pounds, two ounces. See her today at 11 years old. You would never know that. And sometimes when I want to fuss at her, I, the spirit does say, now, wait a minute. This is the one you prayed for. You asked about this one. Don't like, you better calm down. I try to take that into consideration, knowing that although I'll always be her mother, the time that I have with her in my home is probably shorter, is, yeah. is, is getting shorter. That's seven um, years. Yeah. Yeah. Seven like, years. It's nothing. Seven I mean, years have flown by. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still trying to figure out what happened to my five-year-old, you know? Right. I've got I an 11-year-old. To- son so and a 15 year old daughter so I'm yeah yes flying by so I've learned to show myself grace like grace in that Mm -hmm. process but what I aim to even you know model for Reagan is that you do come first and I want you to know that you can have all of these roles you may not be able to be all of them in one moment So, for example, what ended up happening is I had to go, you know, I took her to school, came back, did my whole thing or whatever, went through the day. But then after I dropped her off, I dropped her off at home and I was like, okay, I'm going to the gym. Like, because this is still going to get done because this is for me. So you're on homework duty yourself this evening because I had already (laughs) given you my hour this morning. Right. And so but she understands that she knows. And I think what I never saw my mom do was just take care of her. You know, she took care of everybody else Mm -hmm. many times to her own detriment. And what I always said is, especially if I had a little girl, that I would want her to know that as much as you were called to be a mother, you were still called to be you and whoever else you, you know, whatever other role that you feel called to. I just try to do my best to show her that, look, you take care of yourself. Like you still have to make time for yourself. I think she prefers for me to go make time for myself because if I haven't, I think I'm irritable. I know I'm more irritable. And I I could imagine she's probably like, oh my God, will she go somewhere? You know, because now I'm with you and now I'm like pick this up do this do that and I know she's like my gosh go somewhere and do you lady right no I don't know if there's any such thing as balance you know I try really hard for harmony I try really hard for harmony like when I speak I bring her as often as I can because I her to see Mm -hmm. me living in my purpose which is not she hears about things and I've learned that she googles me at school 
the, the, the computer man told me that at the school one day. So she knows, um, but I've always just wanted her to know, like to see it, to hear it, to feel it, to experience it. Because she heard when I was talking about it, even if she doesn't remember when she was younger and I would say, one day I want to do this. One day I want to write a book. One day mommy's going to do this. One day mommy's going to do that. And so just like I want to, as we started the conversation with enjoy the journey, Mm -hmm. I want her to see the full manifestation of this is what mommy said. This is what she wrote down. And here it is. And you get to live and walk and breathe in it. I'm so inspired by you sharing that. I never brought my children to any talk that I'm doing. I mean, there's, I mean, there's a lot of my work they can't come to, obviously. But, but my speaking engagements, and I never bring them. And so now I'm thinking, yeah, like, why, why not? Thank you for that. Why not? I mean, I don't have a boy, but I can only imagine... You know, hopefully what I hear boys end up wanting to find girls like their mom. So to see, you know, see his mom standing there in such a powerful way will inspire, hopefully, the type of woman that he's attracted to. But definitely for your daughter, um, I see it in my daughter. I've seen my daughter sitting there on the front row or off to the side. And you sometimes I'm like, is she even listening? Is she (laughs) I really don't. I don't know. But I remember one time she came with me. um, I was speaking at the Neighborhood Awards. This was Steve Harvey event years ago. And there was like five or six thousand people in the auditorium. And she said she was like seven, maybe seven, eight. And she's like, Mommy, were you scared? It was so many people. And I was like, I was. I was like, girl. My stomach was turning, you know, my pits were sweating. I was, you know, I, and she was like, but I couldn't even tell you did so good, but she was so proud. And I felt like that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. Like, like, because then for her, she knows that I was scared, but she saw me do it anyway. Right. And if she knows that mommy did that, even now she journals, she's starting to journal more without me like nagging about it. So she's been journaling more. And so she's picking up things. And I feel like it's just our example. It's our responsibility. Just be the example of the best pieces of what we have to offer. Right. And I always tell her, I'm like, you're probably going to end up in therapy anyway. I understand this. You're going to go to your therapist and be like, my mom was completely nuts in some form or fashion. (laughs) Doesn't matter. Best parents in the world. Your kids. Exactly. So I said, and there's going to be a lot of things that I know you've been challenged with because there have been seasons where I was gone a lot and where we sacrificed for me to do a six week tour or for me to do some of these things where I disappear and go to a hotel for a week just to write. And you're, and you're just with daddy, daddy and a nanny, not that daddy isn't great, but daddy's not mommy. Um, you know, and, and so you're going to, um, have some challenges with that. And I understand that, but I also want you to see the impact of what that was. It wasn't me just leaving to leave. Yeah. It wasn't me just, you know, going to do, and it wasn't just for money. Like I let her read people's testimonials. I let her read sometimes the direct messages where people say, man, you came to speak at this event and I was feeling so hopeless and 
I thought this was going to be the end and you, you know, you sparked something in me and now I'm going to do this. I like, I, so I, I'm like, you're going to go complain. And I know it's okay. Cause I complain about grandma. So, you know, it is what it is. I got so many great, um, attributes from my mom, but there was also things that I still feel like I was missing. And I'm sure my daughter will as well. I said, but just know that as much as I'm called to be your mom, I'm called to do this work and it's impactful and it makes a difference. And I just want you to always see and know that, that as well. And then on top of that, she knows that when I'm with her, I'm with her. Yeah. So when we're together, we're together. And the same way that my, you know, when I'm leaving her, I'm going to make a difference, hopefully in the lives of others. When I'm with other people, I make sure that they know too, that, uh, you know, I have a child who I'm doing everything I can to pour into. So there's like it. To me, there's harmony because I'm always kind of weaving in both. But when I'm with my daughter, she knows. Like, we don't have phones at the table. Um, We have mommy-daughter dates. You know, we have our spa day sometimes. We call it spa day. She just goes to massage and (laughs) But it feels good for her, right? So we do, like, our little mother-daughter massage. Or we go hang out. We're going to a cake decorating class this weekend. Um, together. So we, when we do things and when those moments are happening, even if I post about them, I'm posting about them two hours after they happen. I'm not posting about it in the moment that it's happening. I'm very present to what's happening. And I feel like, you know, that's, that's the best I could do. I'm doing the best I can with what I got. And as long as I'm present to wanting to be the best I can in my work, but also the best mother and wife I can be, Mm -hmm. um, that's all I can do. Yeah. But I'm so grateful. They show me so much grace, my husband and my daughter, and they are the most encouraging people in the world. They both encourage me so much and I encourage them in the things that they want to do too. I think that we um, have to give a big shout out to everyone who supports us to be who we are in the world, you know, that, and sometimes um, we forget that behind every successful person, there are some cheerleaders. Um, or champions rather than cheerleaders, champions, you know, who are supporting them and encouraging them. And I thank you for sharing that, right? You know, you as a mom, because it's such a one of the it's a, one of the inquiries that I'm often in. Like, who, who, what kind of mom am I? How am I being my best mom self? How do how do I fulfill that role whilst fulfilling the other roles that I have in the world? You know, what what does what does good look like? How do how are they doing? Checking in, are they okay? Yeah. You know, they let, they'll let me know as well, you know, as we sit down and have conversations and more does mommy. And sometimes mommy time, our dedicated time, sometimes they say, I don't want to do it this weekend. I'm like, you know what? We're good. We don't have to. Mm-hmm. It's like really having, having choice in the matter versus, which has been a shift for me where historically from a place of guilt, it was like, no, 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 we are going to go out. We are going to do something together. And it was really more about me, like trying to like, Escape my own guilt of having been away you know it's like no 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 we're gonna go we're gonna have some fun um and then (laughs) so it's like actually they'd rather just be at home and and what i've understood more is as particularly as they've got older that me in the background is more important than sometimes me in the foreground with them 
like they want to know they love that when I'm here and I'm just yeah. like uh, whatever I'm doing because they just know that I'm here and that's what they wanted she just needs to know that I'm there right that I'm that I'm present but doesn't always need me it's like come on mommy but stay here yeah. <laughs> which is cool too like I, I I really enjoy this stage I always tell people you know I really like her as a person mm-hmm. like <laughs> yeah yeah you know, I'm like, man, in 10 years, this is going to be my girl, you know, I really enjoy her as a person. And it's, and it's beautiful to, to see, you know, parents come up to me when I come up to the school or the administrators or folks, and they give such lovely compliments about her confidence Mm -hmm. or about how she advocates for herself. If her grade is not right, girl, she will email a teacher in a hot second. And I've been teaching her that since she was like six or seven, like you must speak up for yourself because mommy won't always be here. Right. And you know, nowadays you have parents who are going up to the college talking to professors. And I love that she can shake a hand with confidence and look an adult in the eye. And, you know, and not, you know, that used to be seen for some as a sign of disrespect, but she, and it's, it's not a stare down. She's just confident. She can say, Hey, but you you can do that in a respectful way. You know, we talk about being always being great with people. You know, like there's a way of being that you are. You always, you always come from a good place with people, mm-hmm. and um, but yeah, like your ability to meet people where they are, and yeah. So I think that what they see, they also see see you. They see your husband. She'll see how you be with one another and be with people in the world, and she'll want to mirror that as well. You know, so. I'm mindful. I'm watching the time as well. And I know that your time is so precious. I've got one question that I would like to ask you around courage. Is that okay? Can we just. Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm asking all my guests this question now around a, a courageous moment in their life. And that's kind of come out of um, the experience last year of losing my mom and watching her and her courage in, in her journey and um and recognizing that there were many times in her life where she was courageous you know and that our our courage is sometimes as as i say on behalf of ourselves or or on behalf of others so i'm i know that you've had some challenging times in your life so i'm Mm. I'm curious to to hear of those of your life experience what what would be a courageous moment you'd want to share with us Oh, so many things, I believe. But what comes up for me in this moment is thinking about the day that I went to speak to my mentor about me writing my first book. And, you know, my whole story is that I had a seven figure business. I started out of, you know, I started in college and then grew into a seven figure business by 25 and then lost it all in the recession. And I went through this season of going from that to literally scraping up change, being on welfare, getting food stamps, living with notices on the door every other week for something or the other. And so I'd gone through all these things and had this moment, defining moment where I felt the Holy Spirit when I was in a moment of just despair and snotting and crying and saying, God, why me? How did I get to this place? And the Holy Spirit told me get my Bible, and there was a Bible verse that just changed everything for me. Proverbs seventeen sixteen, which was what good is money in the hands of a fool if they had no desire to seek wisdom. And that Bible verse gave me the audacity to believe. There's something about it in that moment. First, I said, okay, I've been a fool. Cool, got that. Thanks, God. 
And then I said, man, I think of many of us have been fools. Many of us have been conditioned to believe that this journey is about chasing money and not about seeking wisdom as it should be, because the wisdom is what teaches you when and how and where to use the knowledge that you have. It's not the knowledge just itself. And so that gave me the audacity to jump up, start a blog. And I started writing for a few magazines and I was speaking in, you know, 10 people here, 15 people there, um, just getting out there, kind of doing my little thing. And a couple speaking engagements, people said, do you have anything you know, that we can, did you, do you have a book or do you have anything? And I'm like, book, no, I, I gave it to you all on the stage. That was it. <laughs> and I realized after one woman in particular had gotten like, I mean, copped a whole attitude with me. I said, you know what, what I'm doing is unfair because I'm sharing all of this and I'm giving people hope and opening them up to all these possibilities. And then I don't have anything practical for them to go and do. I'm giving them all this like inspiration and then there's nothing that they can touch and like go say, I'm going to go do one, two, three, four, five. And so I said, okay, I'm going to write a book. Like how? Like two years out of being on the floor, snotting and crying with an EBT card. I'm going to write a book. And so I went to talk to my mentor about it. Shirley, I was super pumped. I was like, okay, I'm about to do this. I had my little outline, my description. Uh, I was, I was in it. And I sat down, very smart guy, talked to him, and he said, who's going to read it? I was like, I mean, he must be asking for demographics. So women in particular, (laughs) I start kind of going down basic stuff. And he's like, no, how many Twitter followers do you have? And I'm like, Twitter followers? I think at the time I had like 2,000 and something. And he's like... You, who's going to buy your book with 2000 Twitter followers? You won't even get the attention of more than 20 of those people. He's like, so you need to go focus on building your Twitter to 10,000 people, not write a book. And I was like, oh my gosh. Now, mind you, I come from a background of so much self-doubt in, you know, different ways. And two, you know, this is two years after I lost everything and I've been trying to rebuild and dealing with all this stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's right. What am I thinking? What am I doing? Of course, 10,000 Twitter followers. Now, that broke my heart because those 2,000 I had, honey, I had put in work to this. Yeah, right. But, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be working for the next four or five years right. to get these Twitter followers. Like, this is insane. And so I, it really hit me hard because I, I really felt like the Holy Spirit had told me that it was my time and I was getting these downloads and I was writing all this stuff out. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I went home. I went to sleep early, like four o'clock in the afternoon, like my grace was done. (laughs) I went to sleep and I woke up the next morning and said, to hell with that. To hell with that. He's smart, but God gave me the vision. So I got to execute on what was given to me. I can't. What am I doing? Listen. Absolutely not. And I start having this conversation with myself, as I often do still. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have to reject this advice. Love them to pieces, but I have to reject this. And that was when I learned to reject any advice that was not in alignment with what I felt God was telling me my assignment was. And love you, not going to happen. But a year and a half later, I released my first book. 
and then a year after that, my second, and then a year after that, my third, and then two years after that, my fourth, and now I'm working on my fifth, and I've sold tens of thousands of copies, and I've been on the shelves of bookstores all over the country and in in a few other countries, and that is probably one of the best examples I have right now of being courageous and saying, I understand going to seek wisdom, as I say, going to get the support of others and get coaching or get mentorship, but it takes courage to receive that type of feedback and understand if it's not for you in that moment and be willing to release it. And that is, when I look at my life now and the fact that all these years later, I still don't know, maybe I'm at 12,000 Twitter followers. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know. I don't, I don't even track Twitter followers. I go on there to play when I feel like it. And you know, but to know that I could have waited and cut off, not just my own ability to create success, but the impact that I ended up making for so many other people, because I had the courage to say, I refuse to let one person's opinion stop me in my tracks. That is, that's my best example right now. Wow. And a great example, a great example. You know, there's so much in there around trusting self, trusting your relationship with God, trusting the spirit, trusting. And that, you know, that whole thing about you can seek advice and support and you can then, and then the question is, what what do you do with that? And then what Mm. you do with that is yours. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can say, so you can never then say, so even if you followed his advice, it would still be you following your choice that, so we can never say it was someone else, you know? So it's always down. We always have a choice and we always have a moment where we can set our own direction. Um, Thank Uh. you so much for sharing that. And thank you so much for your time um, today and our conversation, which has been so rich. Thank you so much for having me and just for the work that you do as well. And I can't wait to get you on my podcast too. I hope that you've been inspired to shift gears in your own life. You know, I always love to hear from you and what you're getting from this episode because my takeaway from this was really about two things. The first thing for me is in our conversation about what it's like to be a mother and an entrepreneur really crystallized for me something that's so important you know when Patrice said you are called to be a mother you are also called to be you and I have always really felt that strongly you know like being a mother is one part of who I am and then there's all other parts of me and there's things that I want for myself in my life and being a mother is an important part of that and then there's this other world beyond being a mother that um that I want to have happen that I want to have be fulfilled in and so sometimes that brings challenges that we I need to resolve and having that conversation with Patrice was so wonderful and I think that the second thing that leads me to the second thing the difference between balance and harmony that we may not always get balance you know, the whole thing around work-life balance, that conversation, you know, I always have a thing about work-life balance because work is inside my life. But anyway, um, that 
the, the notion of trying to aim for balance. We may not always get balance, but we can aim for harmony. And I think that that really crystallized so beautifully what I aim to do in my life. When I think about my life is how do I get harmony in, the different, in the, bringing together different parts of who I am. And so thank you so much, Patrice, for those pearls of wisdom. I loved our conversation. And I hope you did too. I'd love to hear from you about what you, uh, your takeaways were from the, that episode and from all the different She's Got Drive podcast episodes. So of everything that she shared with us today or that we talked about, what was the most significant thing that you're taking away? What was your light bulb moment? So go to send me a message and let me know. I'd love, love, love to hear from you. So my Instagram account is at Shirley McAlpine. She's got a Facebook page or you can send me a message by, by the ShirleyMcAlpine.com forward slash contact me. Don't forget to wait, rate and review the show as well. I would love, 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 love to hear from you and to hear your reviews as well. It helps to grow the show. She's Got Drive is produced by Cassandra Voltolina. The music is by the awesome or female band Blonde. The song is called Circles. Thank you again for listening. Until next time, go well and stay well.